What is up, everyone? This is episode two of Gen Z. Yeah, I'm your host, Sarah Gallagher, and we will be having a very special guest coming on real soon, Brooke Alex. For those who might not know, here's a little background about her. Brooke has played at Lollapalooza. She has had many singles come out, as well as she's gotten really big on TikTok. Aside from her little um, stint in American Song, we will be hearing more from her soon. But quick little sidebar, we are going to give my mom a quick little shout out because this is the day after Mother's Day this podcast comes out. And let's just face it, she's had to put up with me her whole entire life, even though she loves me. But I do want to just say for all the things that... I could complain about my family. This is not one of those. And I just truly would not be doing this without her support. So thank you for that, Mom. And you'll be hearing some of Brooke's um, views and who inspires her in her music as well. Let's get Gavin. Gavin. I'm here with Brooke. Alex. She was on American Song. If you don't know who that is or have followed along on that journey, then just listen and see and get to know her. She uh, has the number seven song right now in her whole contest series. I do have to ask that question. Are you going to get redeemed? I am not. They just announced the second and final redemption spot last night, and I was not one of them. So this is the end of the road for me, unfortunately, but it was an amazing experience. And can you answer this one question I've been dying to hear about uh, Snoop? Because he was dancing like your typical dad. Is he one of those like secretly in disguise dads that seem cool but at the end of the day he's just like the rest of ours? Because when I saw him in uh, the show and in the clips he's like doing like this weird like I I have no moves and we all think of him as this really cool rapper and forget that he has four kids of his own yeah no I actually didn't get a chance to meet with him or talk with him unfortunately so I can't speak to that um but I did get to meet Kelly Clarkson and she was so down to earth and so normal and nice and kind and it was a great time chatting with her that's good. I always just get here judges and they seem to have great chemistry. And I understand if you didn't have time to meet him. I just thought, I think that's a burning question. Most people watching it assumes that, you know, he doesn't fall into that category. Snoop, if you wind up watching this, it's only because I could not get over how actually normal that was. <laughs> It's yeah. not anything against you not being cool. It's just that preconceived idea notion that you're not like the rest of them. Yeah, Snoop from everyone else that met him said he was really kind and awesome. So that's good. And then what is your main source of influence as far as artists go? And I know Taylor Swift is, so I'm kind of wondering, are there other ones in particular? Taylor Swift's definitely the main person who's influenced my music. I also um, grew up listening to Sheryl Crow. My dad got her greatest hit CD when I was younger, and we would listen to that every time we got in the car. So definitely, you know, 
some country, some rock, some just songwriting, good lyricism influences to my music. That's good. Uh, would you say, as far as parents go, who has more of that influence on your writings? I've listened to the Grace song, I'm Sorry, Tokyo, and it really seems more mom than dad but I also kind of think about just how much her family in general has it with the oldest and summer in the Hamptons or whatever yeah you are very observant um definitely my mom has been uh influencing a lot of the recent songs um but the first song I ever wrote was actually about my dad so I did I know he was like oh I know he was feeling left out a little bit, but I was like, well, I wrote my song, first song about you. So <laughs> the first song, because I think you kind of just blew up more on TikTok, social media in the past year. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious, because didn't Ari, wasn't the whole thing like Ari ripped you off or something? Um, so Ari, the clothing line, used one of my songs in their um, advertisements on TikTok, which I wasn't, I didn't know about prior, um, but it seems like they, my song was actually in a place that was giving out like free to use music. Okay. Um, I just was wondering, cause that's the first time. And then I found out how funny it was that I knew of so many of the same people as you did. And so I've been kind of just following along. What I, do you mean? Who else did you know? I know. Okay. So we talked about this Bardo. I know cause he was friends with my cousin from college and then Dasha, I met through him, who's his little sister, but you know Dasha better. Okay. Yeah. I don't know him personally, but I don't know him super well, but I know of him and I've listened to a lot of his music. I've listened to a lot of all those people. I never met them in real life, but they're all really chill. But Bardo and his band, yeah, I know them a little better. And oh. I know, but yeah, I don't know them know them like you know similar to you but I just was like oh my god I follow the same people as does so I was just kind of like oh that was kind of interesting and that kind of I think led me to feel like okay this is definitely going to be a good person to follow understand because I just have noticed a lot in all of you guys as musicians you tend to do a lot of personal relatable experiences and I think right now especially with everything that happened we wind up wanting someone to sound and understand what we're going through so absolutely or not that's all the time but so that's kind of where I was at when I was listening to your music and then seeing who you kind of have kind of collabed with that was more my thing very cool yeah the music industry is so small once you start looking around good but I definitely thought like with I'm sorry Tokyo that one spoke to me as you know I'm a third generation kid of Irish now I'm white but I'm trying to reconnect in a different way because all I ever know are the stereotypes I'm legit the Irish as an Irish on St. Patrick's Day like I don't do anything and all the things I've learned is just very Americanized at this point which isn't wrong, but when my dad's grandpa came over here after the famine and all that stuff, like in the 1920s, uh, you know, I've really thought about that when you say like, 
the accent, the books to read, stuff like that. That kind of speaks, I think, more for him because he's second. But I can't speak for him or for the family because, again, I don't know the whole thing. I never met him. He died when my dad was very young. But from the things that I hear, it was always he had the thickest accent. And, you know, just 1920s through the 80s, no one was really nice to anyone. Harsh. So that's kind of what spoke to me more just because now I'm trying to reconnect. And I don't know, you said that you used Duolingo to try to learn Japanese. I did. I did at first, but I actually switched over to these YouTube channel videos that I found. Oh, um, we are better. Yeah, I think it's more helpful to me to have like a person in front of me yes. teaching, teaching it to me. Oh, yeah. I have used a bunch of different things, Duolingo and Rosetta Stone. And actually, one of the things that my Spanish teacher said to me growing up, because I did it K through college. So that's why I think like, I wouldn't say I'm probably, I would say I'm like 90% good. Like I still need practice 80, 90, depends on what you say, mm-hmm. but those whole level and proficiency. But as far as getting the accent down, I had some teachers from other countries that really tried to break it for you so that you could at least try to pronounce it right. <laughs> Cause I'm not trying to be mean, but it really isn't once you like get the hang of it. It's all phonetic. Mm -hmm. It's actually phonetic, which makes it so much easier than a lot of these other languages. So, but that was my connection when I was like listening to you. I was like, she better, like, uh, she definitely is very much speaking to a whole population of not just, you know, AAPI American kids, but just like, anyone who's ever had like an immigrant family member or what generation they are and just losing that and trying to regain it. Cause I think for so many people, it's like, once you get to the third or fourth, it's like, Oh dang, we have actual culture, but people kind of not, not everyone, but a lot of times it's like they try to erase it for other reasons. And I completely get that as well. But I just, when I was hearing your thing about being second generation and more just trying to push it. What was that like? I know that's kind of outside of the realm, but like what, when you say like jokes and all those things, did people know growing up that you were half Japanese or did you not really talk about it? I don't want to overstep, but I'm just curious because of, I'm a little, I of course go way too deep dive into lyrics. Yeah, no, that's great. Just I'm curious. Yeah. Um, I definitely was ashamed of it and insecure of being Asian growing up. So I kind of just didn't really tell people um, if they asked me or it came up, I would say yes. But I just didn't, you know, broadcast it immediately to the world. Um, And I wasn't super proud of it as I am now. Right. Because I was going to say, because I mean, not trying, but your dad is a white guy. (laughs) Like we we see that, but he's, (laughs) but That's where I was kind of just curious, like, and I've been curious kind of watching that journey, but I was just like, you know, I kind of get that though, too, from a lot of kids that I've seen and heard their stories, especially more on mixed. And I'd say the only part, well, I got to watch how I say this, but a lot of the people in our zillennial Gen Z era have been a little more open but I also feel like they don't always directly say it or they don't say the thing because it's like a long explanation 
sometimes, but I think of like Olivia Rodrigo right now is killing it. <laughs> She's very proud of being Pacific Islander, Asian, all that, like, because of all the different ways of saying it but i just meant she right now seems like just really big on it and everyone else now has kind of not saying followed her lead but she i would say is the one that i've noticed has been most like proud of explaining who she is as far as the asian and pacific islander community I'm not saying that there aren't older people out there or elders out there, but I just meant in our exact generation, I've noticed her more. That's great. Yeah, I haven't really seen many interviews about her or with her speaking about being Asian. So I need, please send them my way. Oh, I will. (laughs) That's actually the one thing, though, that I kind of knew about her before, besides being like incredibly talented. She. No, like every clip that I've ever seen, she straight up goes, music was really influenced in my life because I'm half Filipino. And okay. That, yeah. And I mean, Anna Marie Perez de Tangle from Disney Channel was on it. I think like a lot of them are proud of talking about it. I'm seeing Disney and Nick, which is just something I've noticed, has a tendency to some of those communities make them hispanic or something to be because of their last names Mm -hmm. is what i've noticed because of how everything gets invaded so that was just more what i noticed and vanessa hudgens like growing up we did not we always thought she was half mexican and then all of a sudden she comes out saying no on pacific island air um, asian american heritage month that she's half filipino and then all of a sudden your brain goes okay that makes sense too but why didn't like why don't they offer characters for her you know and the problem i would just say is that do you think or at least just what i've noticed it's been kind of more have they been doing better lately with a lot of that or not so much as far as representation goes because it's one thing for me to think that they might be but I just would rather hear it firsthand from a lot of other people what they think because again everyone's obviously trying but it's not always the best yeah I definitely think that Asian representation is way higher now in media um like with shang uh with the new disney marvel yeah the shang i can't even pronounce it i and i'm gonna now i can't remember i saw it i saw it and i still care it's shang everyone knows what they're talking about yeah um with the new asian disney marvel movie um and like turning red the new pixar that one was so good because it just speaks i think for everyone and not but again, especially the Asian community, but just like how repressing emotions, they said yeah. that's like the good thing. And they're finally talking about way more stuff in, because I think Disney plus has more freedom to, to do a lot of that. Oh, it's Shang-Chi. It just hit me. Yes. Okay. Um, that makes more sense. Cause I know his name's like Simoon League or something. Yeah. The actor's name Simoon Lee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely becoming more prevalent. And that actually is something that I've 
run into with my song, I'm Sorry Tokyo, because people have been commenting, are you just becoming proud of this because it's cool to be Asian now? And I totally can just see that's not it, Mm -hmm. at least just from how you described it. It, I mean, it's just, maybe it goes hand in hand. Like, man, maybe you're just writing the song so people don't have, like, younger kids maybe listening to this don't feel like they have to hide. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just like, now that it's cool, (laughs) it allowed me to, you know, dive deeper into myself and figure out that I was repressing, um, my own culture and, and feeling guilty about that. And so it led me to, you know, this awakening within myself, which led me to writing the song. Um, so yeah, I do think it's hand in hand. Um, and just, I think that Asian representation in media helped is helping a lot of people, including me, you know, find ourselves and realize how important that aspect of our lives is to us. Yeah, because that does make me think one last on this particular, but like Dwayne Johnson posted how his little girls are so obsessed with not Moana, not Moana, but they're obsessed with Jason Momoa and a lot of these um, Aquaman and all those characters because they look like them because they're this and that and his oldest daughter talked about how Moana really helped her not just because her dad was in it and even though they talked about like her her heritage it was just still I kind of thought that was a little bit more interesting to see that it's not just because of like you said not because it's trendy not because of this and that but because they can see people that look like them yeah definitely so And then as far as music goes, what was the first age you noticed you wanted to do this? Or did you do, did you have a performance or did you see someone that made you decide that this is kind of what I've, I'm going to go for? When I was seven years old, I went up to my mom and told her I wanted to be a singer. And she decided to, instead of doing nothing about it, she took me on an audition nearby, um, where I sang Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And then I had an agent um, reach out that wanted to sign me. And I started going on auditions for musical theater and started voice lessons, started dance lessons, acting lessons, um, just all stuff to dive into that world. So, but you decided through all that singing is your one main passion as opposed to acting and all that. Absolutely. I was never a great actor. I was never that good at dancing. I can get by with it all, but singing was always the thing that I excelled at the most. And because this is the biggest, like, about my just question, you know how you said you cut your hair and just everything made that your song. Was it just during 2020 when everything needed to change and you just were done with Quarantine life, all that, was that the biggest reason he cut it? I think, well, I had pink hair for a little bit. Like, the bottom half of my long hair was pink, and it was starting to get ratty during the pandemic. And I was like, I want to cut it off, but I think I want a big change. I think I want to chop my hair. Um, I was just seeing a lot of pictures of women, really beautiful women with short hair who looked really badass to me. (laughs) Female empowerment is really important to me and my brand. Um, 
And I was like, I want to try something new. And I've cut my hair before to like here when I've donated my hair in the past. Oh yeah, I've done that too. I can't, I can't do short. Like I'm saying totally like pink, all those uh, singers, badass women in the media can totally pull it off. You can pull it off. But I even did it in college where I got it to here and my hair gets a little like frizzy wavy I can't do it like I tell people it's because of the way that my hair is yeah it does not look good and my face is kind of heart shaped so just the whole thing doesn't work but I always admire when people do it because there has been so many moments where I agree with you I just want to change like a radical change but that's just not gonna do it so yeah no absolutely I think also it's just the time period of your life like if I had cut my hair short like this a few years ago I probably would have felt really insecure and not like myself but I think it was just the right time and I love it and I feel like I might never go back to long hair because I love it so much yeah it looks like that is your brand I have to say because I haven't seen like when I see the longer hair I'm like, that's not Brooke's brand. I know that, and I'm a marketing person too. Like, that's what I got my degree in. So I'm, of course, overanalyzing all this stuff. That's why when you said I'm observant, it's because I unfortunately have the overanalyzation on all that, which is good in some ways. But yeah, when I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, the long hair, like the wig was cool, that whole transition. But I was like, I can't see her in long hair. I don't know why, but I can't see her with long hair. I mean, I just feel so much more myself. I feel like it matches what I'm singing. I don't know. I just... Well, it definitely would. And I'm going to segue into this because the 12 million view TikTok on Bumble douchebag. Yeah. That I will never because, I mean, I've jokingly downloaded some of them in college, but I'm not a person it was into dating I'm very more introverted so and then every story I hear is actually as bad as that one so it makes me feel like I'm never missing out on something but like what exactly happened there besides you just showing up and there was this drunk guy and he just did he ever at least apologize or did he just straight up ghost you yeah, he actually did text message me the next day on the app and was like, I'm sorry that I was a drunk mess and I had to leave to go throw up, but you were great. And Obviously, I wouldn't give him a second chance. I just was curious, did he at least give you a little bit of respect after all of that? Yeah, yeah it was pretty crazy. I've never experienced something like that. I, I, will I say unfortunately that. know more people who have experienced that. That's why I would oh, really never do that. But wow. you do yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I also don't drink myself. So I'm just navigating a world where alcohol is so... Yeah, you are so much... That's, I think, another reason I relate. Now I'm like three years younger than you, but I am not a big drinker. I don't do hookup culture. I don't really date. Like, again, I always am just kind of trying to find my own footing yeah I'm obviously I seem more extroverted when I'm talking to people 
but I am deep down just not that way. I don't like to go out really. Yeah. I mean, I'll drink occasionally, but again, I'm the type of person that wants like a white claw, um, some popcorn and a gluten-free pizza. Cause I can't, and I'm not gluten-free for the trendiness, but that's just, I would rather stay in and watch Netflix or something. Like I don't do that scenery. So when I hear other people having that same vibe, that always makes me happier. Cause I think a lot of people don't feel like it's normalized enough. Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, American society is obsessed with alcohol. So I think it's oh, yeah. radical to it's not drink. It's funny because even like Europe says how dumb Americans are with their alcohol. And I mean, I went out a few times when I was studying abroad in Spain, but again, their whole culture, like they can still out drink you no matter what. But the thing is that the they're only drinking like beer, wine. They don't take they take shots a little bit but it's nothing like what i noticed in america they don't pre-game they don't like there's so many tiktokers who are from europe that come to the u.s and go oh my god they think that they could out drink me how cute is that even though i'm not an alcoholic and it's true because and I got to watch how I say this, but it's kind of true. They know how to handle everything and they don't go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, with the whole American, it's like tailgate, tailgate. We got to get this. We got to see how far we can go. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I don't agree with that either. It just like, okay, can't you just be done like with one, three? I know that's wrong. I know that's lightweight but I mean you still want to have some control mm-hmm. no I mean you can have fun with that amount is all I'm thinking of mm-hmm. but yeah that's uh so was there a song though based off of that experience coming out no but I did use the time or the experience uh to re-promote my song Intimidate You which came out you know last year uh-huh. so I thought it tied in nicely to that oh song. yes well, and that's a thing like I have to watch I'm not bad mouthing them because I've got two brothers but and I'd say luckily in my experience from what I've seen they definitely wouldn't do that like I can say that with a hundred percent almost because they've been they've been around me their whole life so I think they know I would want to say I think I hope they know better and hope so too yes and I'm saying I know a lot of people might say that about their brothers but to be honest I also do know a bunch of people who would just immediately throw them under the bus and say no (laughs) no they are not good yeah. Stay away from them. Not trying to be mean, but they are toxic and you're better off about it. Whereas, and I'm, I'm a type of person who would say that to someone if I noticed someone was toxic, but I just don't see that personally. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I just wanted to say a, a yes. Cause I know there's going to be someone who weirdly decides to put in the comments, not all men. Okay. 
So I just want to shine a little light. Yeah, some shining light on that. But see, no, we're still going to go with that statement. So yeah, that was kind of just all my questions I had for you. Do you have any shows coming up soon just before we log off? Yeah, my next big show is June 11th in New Jersey. It'll be a hometown show at White Eagle Hall. Um, if you know anybody in Jersey, tell them to come out or New York City area. It's right there. Very close. Yep. But I'm really excited about that. So good talking to you. It was great meeting you. Great talking to you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. 